So turn to the book of Hebrews, if you will, toward, toward the back of your old, I'm sorry, your New Testament. Hebrews chapter number four in your Bibles. Hebrews chapter number four. Man, I really tried to seek the will of the Lord for today, for God's will today. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, and normally, man, when I, at night when I sleep, I sleep well. But last night, the services were on my mind and just wondering what God was going to do and what God is doing. And, and uh, just got up last night about 3 o'clock in the morning and just, you know, felt like the Lord was dealing with my heart. And I said, Lord, you know, I yield myself to you. You just show me what you want today. And, uh, but God never, God never turned me from what, what he had given me earlier in the week. And so I want to talk to you about this subject, profiting from the preaching. And so when you find your, your places, Hebrews chapter 4, if you're able to stand, let's all stand this morning out of the reading of God's Word. We're just going to read those first five verses, um, but boy, I want to encourage you to go back and read that whole chapter, such a great chapter. But I want you to really listen to the words of the writer here, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible says, let us therefore fear Lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto you, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. I want you to notice, if you will, verse number two. It's our text. The Bible says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but... But the word preached did not profit them. So the Bible was preached, but the Bible preached didn't profit them. And so I want to, you can be seated this morning, and I want to talk to you a little bit about that today, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray just because it helps me to pray, and it helps me get over my nervousness a little bit more. And you say, Brother Pope, you're still nervous after 30 years, still nervous every time I get up here and, and nervous because I want to make sure that we get it right and make sure that you get what you need this morning and make sure that the Lord uh, has his way today. And so you, I'll pray for you. How about you praying for me this morning, if you would? <clears throat> and I would appreciate that. Lord, we love you and thank you, Lord, for all the miracles, <clears throat> Lord, that you have performed in the last few days. <clears throat> We've said that over and over again, but we mean it over and over again. Father, thank you for the miracles that you have performed. Thank you for the folks you've saved. Thank you for the children of God that have rededicated their lives to Jesus. Thank you for those that you've set free. Father, thank you for the bondage and the addictions that have been broken. 
Lord, thank you for the families that have been helped and the homes that have been strengthened. Lord, only you can do that. A preacher can't do that. And a, and a, a person can't do that. And so, Father, we thank you for all that you've done. Lord, I prayed this in the prayer room a while ago and all the men were praying, Lord, would you work in spite of us today? Father, forgive us for any sins in our life that could hinder this service. And Father, fill this preacher with the Spirit of God and fill these people with the Spirit of God. Save that one that's lost. Encourage that one that's discouraged. And most of all, Father, I pray that you'd glorify your son today. Bless our discussion, please. We love you, Lord, and praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And for his sake and all God's people said, amen. And so many decisions have been made in just the last few days. Many of those for salvation. uh, Others for rededication. I'm so thankful for the 97 people that have given their life to Christ. And some of those I knew and some of those I didn't know. But it doesn't matter. Uh, As long as you're part of the family of God, it doesn't matter. We're going to know each other in heaven. And, uh, and so we're thankful for that. But I'm also very, very excited about all of those Christians who throughout this meeting, God just confirmed in their spirit that they, uh, that they were born again and, uh, and <clears throat> that they were saved. And yet there were some that were saved that were walking afar from the things of the Lord and the will of God. And, and in the last few days, they came back to the Lord and rededicated their lives to Christ. And I thank the Lord for every decision that was made And I'm going to be honest with you, I have uh, an incredible burden for those who have made decisions and for this whole church, as far as as that matter is concerned, that you be established in the faith. I want you to be strong. I want you to be strong in the Lord. I want you to be strengthened against doubt. For those of you who are battling with doubt and and you got it settled, listen, I don't want you struggling with doubt. I want you to have a full assurance of faith. And I want you to know what it is to live that victorious Christian life. Uh, Oh, I'm going to tell you what. You know, we can debate. I'm not going to, but you may. Uh, I'm just telling you, the greatest life you'll ever live is a life given to Jesus Christ. I'm I'm just telling you. You say, Pastor, I, I, you know, I don't agree with that. I'd like to debate with you. You might as well. Go over here and debate with the Holstein cow in the field, uh, debate with me, because I'm just telling you that uh, I am convinced that the greatest life you'll ever live is a life that's given to Jesus Christ. And it's wonderful to live that victorious Christian life. And here's, here's the, the thing. The only way that's going to happen, the only way that you're going to have that perfect peace that Miss Lydia sang about just a moment ago is if the word of God controls your life. Now, we read Hebrews chapter 4 this morning because we read about some folks in Hebrews chapter 4 who are definitely not benefiting from the Word of God. Look back at your passage, if you will, Hebrews chapter 4, and we're going to camp out there and go back there in just a little bit uh, several times. But Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2, the Bible says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. Notice this phrase, But the word preached did not profit them. The word preached did not profit them. Now, the word profit there is the Greek word ophilio, and it means to be useful. It means to be advantageous. It means to prevail. In other words, the word that was preached to them did not help them to prevail. 
It was not advantageous to them. It didn't help them, didn't profit them. It's what the Bible is saying. They heard it, but it didn't do anything for them. Now, there's some, there, there are some implications here. The evident implication is this, that the word preached is designed to profit you. I think that's a, we can all agree on, on, on that that the word priest is designed to profit you. In other words, we don't come to church just so we can become more intellectual. And I'm not trying to be critical this morning. I, I honestly, God knows more than I'm not trying to be critical. But if you go to a church and, and, and all that pastor tries to do is just, uh, is just amaze you with his intellect because he can say all the big giant theological words and he puts his bifocals down on the end of his nose and he says, today, flock, we will discuss the doctrine of homardiology. Well, just talk about sin. Now, if you walk into church and all you get is intellect, then you've really missed the boat. And that's what the word of God is saying here. That the word preached is not just so we can become more intellectual, and the word preached is not just so we can go through the motions of church. No, the word is preached and we come to church to get some help. That's what it's saying. We come to church to hear the word of God so we can be stirred, so we can be edified. Now listen, if you're here this morning and you're attending a church where the ministry of the word is dead, it's dead, and I make no bones about this, and I don't make any apology for this, but you're, if you're going somewhere and the preaching and the ministry of the word is dead, it is absolutely dead, you know what? You need to find somewhere else to go. That's not a commercial for Calvary. You pray about God where, where, where God would have you to go, but I, it may not be Calvary Baptist Church, but I am just saying this. If you've got your family somewhere and the music's dead and the choir's dead and the preaching is dead and the ministry is dead and your family's dying, it's time to find another place where you can get strengthened, where you can get some help. And so the evident implication is that the word preached is designed to profit you. The reasonable implication is this, that the word preached did not help these people because it wasn't mixed with faith. Did you see that? The Bible says in verse number, verse number two, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. And so the gospel, they heard the gospel, but it wasn't mixed with faith. And because it wasn't mixed with faith, it did absolutely nothing for them. Now, you say, Pastor, I don't understand that. Well, think about it like this. You can go out here and you can buy the most expensive washing machine that money can buy. And boy, they make them fancy nowadays, don't they? I mean, they are like a computer. It's amazing. And you can buy the most expensive washing machine you can not only buy the most expensive washing machine, you can go down here to Publix or Food Line or wherever you shop and you can buy the most expensive washing detergent that money can buy. But if you take those dirty clothes and you dump those dirty clothes in that expensive washing machine and you take that expensive detergent and dump that expensive detergent into that washing machine and it never gets mixed up, guess what's not gonna happen? Those clothes are not gonna get clean. Because that washing machine is, is designed to mix that water and the detergent and those clothes, it mixes it up. And as it mixes it up, it cleans those clothes. You can have all the ingredients to make a cake. You can have your eggs, 
You can have your flour. You can get your sugar out. You can get your baking soda, your milk, your salt, and all those things, and you can dump them into a bowl, but you are not going to have a delicious cake if you don't decide to do one thing. You've got to mix it. You're just going to have a mess if you don't mix it. And that's exactly what the word of God is saying. As we listen to preaching, as we listen to teaching, as we listen to the word of God, it's very important that we pray and say, Lord, give me faith, give me faith so I can mix that faith with the preaching of the word of God. And that preaching of the word of God begins to make a change in my life. Now, let me say several things this morning. I'll I'll do this just as quickly as I possibly can. Number one, Bible preaching is God's way of sharing truth. I think it's important that we understand Bible preaching is not a Baptist thing. That's why I go to church, they don't preach. Well, I'm sorry. But, but Bible preaching is not a Baptist thing. Nobody came up with preaching in a Bible college. You see, Bible preaching is a Bible thing. Biblical preaching is, a, is something that's derived from the word of God. I'm so tempted to have you turn there, but I'm not because we're going right back to Hebrews in just a moment. But listen to what the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. The Bible says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. In other words, the word of God is designed to be advantageous to you, to profit you, to be a blessing to you. Listen, listen, church, this is the truth. When you come in here and you absorb the singing and the music, and when you listen to the ministry of the word of God, you ought to leave this place better than you were when you came in earlier this morning. And so understand, Bible preaching is God's way of sharing truth. But I'm gonna tell you something else. Never hesitate to confirm what you hear preached. Acts 17, 11 talks about the Christians of Berea. And it says these words, these, these Christians were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. You say, Pastor, am I getting this right? Are you actually encouraging us to go home and double check what you're preaching? You better know I am. I want you to go home and study it out for yourself. Don't take it just because the preacher tells it to you, but you go home and you write down the verses and you write down the passages and you write down the scriptures and you go home and study it out for yourself and let the Spirit of God confirm in your spirit what the preacher is trying to give to you. So never hesitate. Now, this group that we're referencing in Hebrews chapter four did not profit from the preaching of God's word. A lot of you have made decisions in the last few days. I want you to profit. I want you to be strong in the Lord. I want you to go, listen, this ought to be a turning point for a lot of you folks. I mean, you know know what ought to happen? God ought to take you to a new level of effectiveness. God God ought to fill you with his spirit like never before. And and you ought to be praying, oh God, use me like you've never used me before to, to point many people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's not what happened to these folk. They heard the preaching of the word of God, but it was not advantageous to them. They heard the preaching of the word of God, but it did not energize them. It didn't help them. Looking into your passage, Hebrews chapter four, verse one. The Bible says in Hebrews four, verse one, let us, look at the next word, let us 
therefore. Now, whenever you see the word therefore, you always go back and see what it's there for. And that's what we're getting ready to do. And so he says, let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Now, as I went back, I saw that word therefore, and I went back and I began to study this out just a little bit more. I believe that there are some reasons that these people did not profit from the preaching of the word of God. I want to give you three today. How about this? Number one, the Bible says they were guilty of hardening their hearts. Now, I want you to see it for yourself. Take your Bibles and turn back one page. Look at Hebrews chapter three and look at verse number eight. And so he comes to to Hebrews four, verse one and verse two, and he says, these folks have heard the word, but they haven't gained from it. We go back to Hebrews chapter three, we begin to see why. In Hebrews three, verse eight, he says this, harden not your hearts as in the provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness. Same chapter, verse 15. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. Look at the next page, Hebrews chapter four and verse number seven. He said again, he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, today, after so long a time, as it is said today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. That word harden there is the idea of being stubborn. Stubbornness, stubbornness. Hey, whatever you do, listen, church, whatever you do, don't allow your heart to become hard and stubborn. If you're here this morning and that's you, you say, preacher, that's me. I've got a stubborn heart. I've got a hard heart. It is my prayer today that God somehow will soften your heart. Ezekiel 36, 26 says it like this. A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. You know what he's saying there? I'm gonna give you a soft heart. I'm gonna take that stony heart that's as hard as stone, that's as hard as rock, and God said, I'm gonna take that out and I'm gonna give you a soft heart. Ephesians chapter four, verse 32, the Bible says, and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Most of you here today, unless you, were, uh, unless you were really involved in music heavily, would not recognize the name Robert Robinson. Maybe just a few. Robert Robinson was saved under the ministry of a man by the name of George Whitfield. George Whitfield, one of those old preachers back in the, in the time of the Great Awakening. And shortly after, that, that, after he was saved, Robert Robertson wrote the words, wrote the hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. The words go something like this. Come thou fount of every blessing, streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. You know what's really, really sad about that story is that Robert Robinson, after he wrote that song, backslid on God. In fact, they said that he was saved out of a very rough background of sin, got saved, got right with God, wrote that song, come thou fount of every blessing. But then something happened and he got wayward, got away from the Lord and 
and, and, and really got back into a life of sin. And, uh, and, uh, and one day, they said after several years, he was in a stagecoach and he was going somewhere and there was a young lady in that stagecoach and she was seated beside him and she was reading a book. She had no idea who he was. And she was so in tune with this, this reading that she was doing and she was reading the song, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. She did not know Robert Robinson was sitting right beside her and she was so overcome with emotion that she said to Robert Robinson, she said, I want you to listen to these beautiful words. She said, sir, it says this, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. He wrote those words. When she said that, they said he began to weep. He began to weep. And he said to that young lady, he said, young lady, he said, I'm the one that wrote those words. And she was taken back. And he said, would to God that I could go back in time. Would to God that I could erase those years. Would to God that I could go back to the Lord again. And that young lady said this, sir, the streams of mercy still flow. And when she said that, Robert Robinson decided, this is the day I'm getting right with God. I'm coming back to God. And that's exactly what he did. Now, that, you say, Pastor, why are you telling that story? Because whatever you do, whatever comes in your life, whatever hardship, whatever, whatever turmoil, uh, whatever people may do, don't let your heart get hard. Don't let your heart become hardened. Don't let your heart become like a rock. Don't do it. You say, well, preacher, you don't know the people I work with. And you're right. I don't know the people you work with. And I don't know the people you go to school with and I don't know how your family is but I want to plead with you today whatever you do don't let your heart get hard because if it does the word of God will never profit you so number one they were guilty of hardening their hearts number two I'm moving quickly number two the Bible says they were guilty of provocation we look back at Hebrews chapter three again look at verse number 16 the Bible says for some when they had heard that's what he's talking about hearing truth for some, when they had heard, look what they did, did provoke. Howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And so some were guilty of hardening their hearts. Others were guilty of provocation. The word provoke there means to arouse to indignation. In other words, the, these people stirred up others against the truth. We've had a little bit of that in the last 12 days. Some folks that weren't very excited about what was going on at Calvary. And that's all right. It's okay. You know why? We didn't do it for them. And, uh, and by the way, we didn't do it anyway, period. And so uh, we just watched God work and it wasn't something that we orchestrated or planned. It was just something that God did. But I would say this, man, be very, very careful about speaking against the truth and be very careful about trying to turn someone else away from the truth. I would say that's very dangerous ground. And so uh, you say, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying that there was a group of people that heard the preaching of the word of God, but it did not advantage them. It did not profit them. Why, preacher? Some had a hard heart. Others had provoked others to turn away from the truth. But this is the one I wanted to get to. The last one is this. Number three, 
They didn't profit from the truth because they were guilty of erring. Now look back at Hebrews chapter three, verse, look, look at verse number 10. The Bible says, wherefore I was grieved with that generation. This is God speaking right here. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always, look at the next word, E-R-R. They do always err in their heart. And they, know, have, and they have not known my ways. Uh, they do always err in their heart. The word err there means to roam. It means to wonder. In other, words, in other words, these people would do halfway good for a while and then they would wonder from it. Now, I'm gonna be honest with you. In this culture we're living in, it seems that so many are prone to wonder. Prone to wonder. You know what, I'm, I'm convinced more than ever before that it is time that God's people grow some deep roots and just stay put. Yes. Amen. Yes. Hey, th this is my advice this morning. You find the place where God wants you, and if it's not at Calvary Baptist Church, then you follow God's will, but you find the place where God wants you, and my dear friend, you grow some deep roots there, and come hell or high water, don't you go anywhere. Don't you move. I said, don't you move. You say, boy, I never heard anything like this before in my life. I'm telling you, don't you move. You bloom where you're planted, and don't you let Satan blow you out for nothing. Man, you just, listen, you start reading your Bible. Uh, and, and by the way, that's happened this week. That's happened. We've had some folks that have rededicated their life to the Lord. And they said, preacher, I'm getting back in my Bible. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. That's a great decision. Don't you stray from that. There's been some people here this week who said, pastor, I'm getting back involved in my prayer life. Great, wonderful. Don't you stray from that. Don't you err from that. There's some folks here this week and the last week and who said, pastor, we've not really been plugged into the house of God, but we're getting ready to get Get plugged in and we're gonna be faithful. Wonderful. Don't you err from that. Don't, amen, amen. Don't you stray from that. Whatever comes your way, listen, don't get away from what God has done in your heart. Listen, if this revival has helped you, don't err from it. Now that's not deep preaching. That's not hard to understand. If God has struck some chords in your heart and your life this week and you say, Pastor, it's been a long time since I've had my joy back, but I got my joy back. Wonderful. Don't you lose it. You keep doing what God has told you to do. You say, well, preacher, none of my office workers, I don't care what your office workers do. I don't care what your peers do in college. I don't care what some of your family members may do. This is what I'm saying. If this week you got plugged into the things of the Lord, don't you ever get unplugged. Don't err. Don't stray. Because here's the sad reality. If you stray, from what you've experienced this week, guess what's gonna happen? You're going back to the same weakened shape that you were in. If getting close to the Lord and the things of the Lord has energized you, then getting away from the things of the Lord will make you lose your energy. I'm talking about straying. Listen, if God done something remarkable in your heart this week, and you're right here, don't you move. Don't allow yourself little by little 
to be drawn by Satan away from where you are. Lose your joy, lose your excitement, not in your Bible anymore, not spending time. This is what I'm saying. For a lot of people, today ought to be a day of change. I'm going to make sure that I don't stray from where God has me. Now, you heard this, you heard this illustration this week. I don't normally bring my cell phone to the pulpit with me. Most of you here today, you have a cell phone. And they're, they're, they're neat. They're a neat tool. And uh, well, I'm thankful that I have it. But the truth of the matter is, if I don't charge this thing, if I don't charge it, it's not going to do me a bit of good. You know what's going to happen? It's going to die. I won't be able to make a phone call with it. I can't Google anything with it. I can't locate uh, someone. I can't use the maps on it. If it's dead, it's not doing me a bit of good. Now, hang on. Let me see if I can. Let me see if I can illustrate this today. Now, you know what? If I'm going to charge this phone, then that means I've got a number one. I've got to find an electrical outlet. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so you know what? There just happens to be one right here. And so I'm going to plug in right there. Uh, and I've got a charger right here on the end of, this, end of this cord. And I can plug that charger right here to that phone just like that. But you know what? I know something, Brother Ricky. That means something. If I'm getting electricity from right there, I can't go but so far. I, I can't go but so far. Uh, li- listen, you know what? I can't go but so far. If I, I, I come over here, I can only go so far. And somebody says, well, preacher, I, I, I don't agree with that. I, I don't believe that. I, I just I, I, I disagree with you. I'm just telling you, listen, this isn't deep preaching. This isn't hard to understand. I'm just telling you that if you get too far away from the electrical outlet, you're not going to charge your phone. If I stray, if I err away from where God energized me, I'm, I'm going to lose the energy that I had. Now, that's not hard to understand. That's easy to understand. And yet, and yet, and yet, we have a lot of Christians who get to the end of the cord. They get to the end of the cord, and they're like, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be all right. Preacher, I know what you said. I, you know, I, 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 I appreciate you, preacher. I mean, you're a blessing and everything. But, but you see, I think I got this thing figured out. and I think I can go, I can go anywhere I want to go, and I can do what I want to do, and I can stray as much as I want to stray. And I'm just telling you, if you get too far away from the energy source you are going to go dead you're going dead hey did you get plugged into the energy source this week stay plugged in stay plugged in I don't know how long that cord is but I've got news for you I don't want to go that far Rodney can I have that Let me tell you what I want to do. I'm just going to stay right here. Not taking any chances. Not taking any chances. Why, preacher? I'll tell you why. Because I like his power. I want his power. I want his energy. I want his help. I want, I want his assistance. I want him to be advantageous in my life. I'm telling you, church, if you stray, you're going to go back to the same place you were before. Amen. These are great things. Several years ago, 
don't take any offense to this. We were dropping so many calls with Sprint that we changed to Verizon. Now, this is not a Verizon commercial this morning. But it was better. And I'm dropping a lot less calls, Brother Mike, than I was before. But I also know something. If I go out of the parking lot right here and I turn right and I go down to the bottom of this hill, for my phone, it's a dead spot. If I'm talking to somebody in this parking lot and I pull out and I go down the hill, you know what happens? Every single time the call drops. You know why? It's a dead spot. Some of you this week came from a dead spot. Yes, sir. And you walked into the Calvary Baptist Church and all of a sudden it said, boop. And you said, I've got signal. I got signal. Man, I ain't had signal in a long time. Hey, look, I got signal. I got signal. Hey, I not only got signal, I got full signal. Then this is what I'm preaching. Don't go back to the dead spot. If you were dead where you were, Christian, listen to me now. I love you. Don't go back to the dead spot. Preacher, we hear this, preacher. I just can't get my prayers answered anymore. Preacher, I don't think God's hearing me anymore. Preacher, I don't think I'm getting through anymore. Ask a question. Is there any chance you're in a dead spot? Maybe, maybe today. Some folks ought to walk down this aisle and say, oh God. It's been a long time since I've had a signal. God's any way you could give me a signal again? Lord's any way you could plug me back into the charger? My battery's flashing. I'm almost dead. Any way you could charge me in? Let me tell you how that's going to happen. You can't err. Several years ago, on the last night of our vacation Bible school, we had a beautiful hot air balloon down here. It was awesome. Kids came. They rode that thing all night. The adults rode it all night. It was neat. You know what I thought about, Brother Rick? That balloon could completely go away. It had the power to do that. They had plenty of helium. They blew that thing up like they're supposed to. And if they let that balloon go, you know what would happen? It would have left. But I'll tell you the beautiful thing about that night. They kept that balloon tethered. They had it staked off. They had weights on it. And that balloon only went up so far. And then it came back down again. 
And it went up so far and it came back down again. You know why? It stayed in the same exact place. You know why? It was tethered. You know what ought to happen today? There ought to be some Christians who say, I'm getting tethered today. I'm getting tethered. Lord, just, Lord, just tie me down, lock me in. This is my life. I want to live for you. By the grace of God, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay right here with you. This is my life. I'm going to stay in my Bible. I'm going to keep on reading. I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to stay faithful to the house of God. Did you know that God's already dealing with hearts right now? He is already dealing with hearts right now. Father, we love you. Thank you for this time we've had together today. Father, I pray as we've prayed over the last few days that you'll do your perfect work. Father, there's somebody here today who needs the Lord. And Lord, I pray today will be the day that they'll come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Maybe they signed a card one time. Or maybe they walked an aisle. But there was no change. Nothing happened. Today, Heavenly Father, I pray that you give that person that faith that we were preaching about just a moment ago. Give them faith to mix with what they've heard today. And God, I pray that they will come to Jesus. And then, Lord, Father, would you do this? Would you help Christians to come from all over this room this morning who would say, Pastor, I am saved, but I'm not where I need to be with Jesus. Would you help them to come? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Let me ask a couple questions, then I'm gonna, we're gonna make sure all of our baptism folks are dismissed. Well, let me ask a couple questions in the quietness of this moment. How many are here today with heads bowed and eyes closed and you'd say, Pastor, if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of any doubt, I know that I'm saved and going to heaven when I die. If that's you, you'd slip your hand up right now. You'd say, Pastor, I know I'm saved. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Folks are already coming. Praise the Lord. You can lower your hands. How many are here today, though? How many are here today? And you'd say, preacher, if I died today, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. Pastor, I want to go. Don't get me wrong. I want to go. But I'm not sure that I would. And I want you to pray for me. And right now, you'd be very honest. With heads bowed and eyes closed and nobody's looking. And you just slip your hand up right now. Said, pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. Right now, would you pray for me? How many are like that? I see that hand. Who else? I see that hand. Who else? Preacher, if I died today, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. Would you pray for me? Is there another? Can I pray for you? You have to raise it sort of high because I'll miss you in this crowd. God bless you. I see that hand. Who else? Who else? I see that hand. God bless you. Who else? Who else? Preacher, if I died today, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. Would you pray for me? You'd raise it real high so I don't miss you. Is there another? Is there another? Come on, I want to pray for you. Is there anybody else? Pastor, remember me if I died. I'm not sure of heaven. Would you pray for me? Right now, you slip your hand up. Is there another? Anywhere, anywhere. I'm going to pray for these. If you're here this morning and you're going to follow the Lord in baptism 
Here's what I want us to do. If you would, all over the house, with our heads bowed, I want us to stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed. Everybody standing, if you will. Everybody standing. If you're here this morning and you're going to get baptized, I'm going to invite you right now to slip out. And uh, the ladies' dressing area is on the piano side. And the men's dressing area is over here on the keyboard side. And we've got some folks back there that are going to help you. They're going to help you. And they'll tell you exactly what to do. You won't have to wonder. They'll tell you exactly what to do. With heads bowed and eyes closed, though, how many are here today? And you'd say, preacher, I am saved. I've already raised my hand about that. I am saved. But I am not where I need to be with Christ. Pastor, I'm in a dead spot. Preacher, I didn't even mean to let it happen, but I got disconnected from the charger. And my spiritual battery is about to run dead. Without anybody looking, if that's you, you just slip your hand up right now and say, Pastor, remember me, remember me, remember me. Many, many, many hands going up, going up, going up. God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, God bless you, folks over here. Who else? Preacher, I didn't mean to let it happen, but I just got disconnected from the charger. I didn't mean to err, I didn't mean to stray, but I sort of strayed away from where I need to be. Pastor, remember me, remember me, please. You'd slip your hand up right now. Pastor, remember me. I need to, I need to come back to the Lord. You'd slip your hand up. Is there any, anybody else? Anybody else? I want to pray for you. Preacher, I need to rededicate my life to Christ. Can I pray for you today? If you're here this morning, I'm going to pray. I'm getting ready to pray. If you're here this morning and you raised your hand and said, Brother Pope, I am not sure that I'm saved. I'm not sure about heaven. Here's what I want you to do. In just a moment, as soon as I say amen, I want you to get down this aisle as quick as you can. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. I want you to come. We've got some folks down here in the altar that have a Bible, and we want to try to help you today. We're not going to make you give a speech. We're not going to do anything like that. We'd just like to show you from God's Word how you can know that you're going to heaven when you die. Heavenly Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for what you're already doing. Oh God, I pray that you'd give understanding right now. Lord, some are already being dealt with around the altar. And now, Lord, I pray that you give people courage to step out and to make that decision that they need to make. Father, help us today. Have your way in this invitation, please. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Would you come right now? Would you come? If you raised your hand this morning, said, Pastor, it's me. If I died today, I'm not sure of heaven. Would you come? right now would you come just step out and we've told people this time and time again the last few days if you'll take the first step he'll help you with the second one would you come would you come would you join those 97 people that gave their heart and life to Jesus would you come would you come God's dealing with your heart right now just slip out if you're here this morning and you say brother Pope I I need to rededicate my life to Christ Man, I need to rededicate my life to Jesus. Hey, Christian, would you just step out right now and come? Would you come? Come on. 
Would you let go, let God have his way? As we wait, would you come? Father, I pray that you'll work. Lord, I pray that you'd help folks to let go and let God have his way. Father, help nobody to walk out of this place not knowing that they know that they know that they know that they're born again and on their way to heaven. Father, help no child of God to walk out of here having strayed from the things of the Lord. Father, today I pray that you'd call them back to yourself. God, today, have your way, Lord, please. And we thank you. We're going to keep our heads bowed just for another moment. We're going to sing in just a second. Folks are coming. If you need to come, altars are still wide open. Amen. Amen. We've got some folks down here who'd love to pray with you. Folks are continuing to come. Would you come while we wait? Would you come? You can look up this way. We're going to sing this chorus today. All to Jesus. I surrender all to him. I freely give. If the, uh, you need to come, the altars are open. You come while we wait. Let's sing it together. Ready? Here we go. Just for a moment, just for a moment. We have a few folk that are still getting some help this morning. What a blessing. So this is what's happened the last 13 services. God sometimes extended the invitation out just a little bit. And we weren't exactly sure why. But sometimes what happened was we had somebody in the service that still needed to make a move. And they knew it. We didn't know it, but they knew it. And the Lord knew it. And so because God extended the invitation out, 
they stepped out and came. Some got saved. Some rededicated their lives to the Lord. And so it could be, it could be the Lord is extending this invitation out just for you. If you need to come, we have somebody here that would love to meet you with the Bible, pray with you. Amen. Folks are still coming. Folks are still coming. been standing for a long time. If you're here today and you have problems standing or you, you're welcome to sit down. That's not a problem at all. what you're doing right now and I know that this is probably different for some Lord this is what we live for Father we're so thankful for the gospel Father we're so thankful that you loved us enough to send your son Jesus for us and Jesus came God he became the sin bearer Lord he suffered the wrath of almighty God our sin, our wrath. He suffered it for us. Lord, he's given us a place in heaven. Lord, if we're willing, willing to receive him, to trust him by faith. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So Lord, would you continue to work? Help these that are being helped. God, have your way today, please. And Lord, we thank you and praise you for all that you do. We're going to sing this, uh, sing this chorus. Amen. We'll sing this chorus. If you need to come, altars are open. Altars are open. On that chorus, Brother Abel. Here we go. Ready? I surrender. time. Amen. Church, sing it ready. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I seated. Brother Abel, keep playing there, if you will, just for a minute today. And uh, we're thankful for what the Lord has done and what the Lord is continuing to do right now. I don't think there's anybody here like this today. But I know some places you go, you know, and 
It is a requirement that God has to bless between 11.10 and 11.45. And if God doesn't show up between that time, then God, you'll just have to wait till next week. That may be the church you've been to. It's not the church you're in right now. And so we want to let go and let the Lord have his way today. We're thankful for what God is continuing to do. And so we praise the Lord for his blessings. Amen. Kayla Burton. Kayla, where are you at today? Would you just slip your hand up right here? Yeah, Kayla got saved today. Wow. Wow. Man. Kayla, that is wonderful. We're so proud of you. That's great. This is Lauren's sister, by the way. Isn't that great? John Hammond. Uh, John, where are you today? Would you just raise your hand? Right there, John. Yeah. Praise the Lord, John. John's professing faith in Jesus today. Give him a hand today. Amen, John. We're so proud of you, buddy. That's wonderful, wonderful. Trevor, where are you at today? Right there, Trevor. Yeah, Trevor. Amen. Receiving Jesus as his Savior today. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. That is so exciting. Uh, Ona Terry comes today. Did I get that right, Ona? Is that right? Anna? Anna? Where you at, Anna? Right there. Anna rededicating her life to Jesus today. Amen? That is wonderful. Man. Praise God. That is so great. Well, we're so proud of these folks. What a blessing. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal to make a public, a, a public decision. These aisles, if God's ever been dealing with you, these aisles, they're like three miles long, you know? But these folks have come today, and we're so proud of them, and I know you are as well. And uh, I'm going to have Brother Brandon come, wherever he's at, and I'm going to have him uh, pray for us, and, and, and then we're going we're gonna to baptize. And uh, last Sunday, it went smooth as silk, and, and so I don't think you're going to be here long. And we'll baptize these folks. There's a lot going on behind these walls that you can't see right now. And there's folks back there working. And so we're going to baptize these folks. And then while I'm still up there, we'll dismiss you today and let you go. And then I hope you'll be back tonight. I hope you'll be back tonight as we're talking about who will we see first in heaven. And, um, and so now, here's what I want to say. If you're here this morning and you got saved, if you got saved today, it's very important you do several things. Number one, it's very important you make a public profession. Most of you have already done that. Number two, it's important that you get baptized. And so be sure you get with somebody and, and, and uh, let us help you get that lined up. If not here, then somewhere. Um, and, but you need to, it's important that you get baptized. That's that first step of obedience. Number three, it's important that you tell everybody. Tell everybody. And don't worry about what they think. Don't worry about what they say. You just tell everybody that Jesus is your Savior. You're not ashamed of him. I'm going to make my way around to the baptistry. And uh, we still have some personal workers up here. And during this baptism service, if you're here today and you've got a need, and you say, man, preacher, I should have came. I should have came. Come on. And we'll have somebody here to meet you. And you're not going to bother us. I promise you we won't bother you. All right? And so I hope that you'll I hope that you'll come today. Brain, you come pray for us. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you.
God, we thank you, Lord, for meeting with us once again, Lord, the way you have. God, your sweet presence has been felt since we entered the property early this morning. God, we thank you, Lord, for drawing those that were lost without you. Lord, they gained a new life. They gained a new birth. They gained a new heaven and a new eternity. God, we rejoice with their decision. Many others who made the decision to get out of the dead zone, to get back and get plugged in where you're moving, where you're energizing them. Lord, many, no doubt, have made decisions in their seat. Lord, they didn't come to an altar, but that's all right. You know the hearts of the people. Lord, no doubt in a crowd this size, Lord, there may be one other one here still not sure of their eternity. They're not sure if they're going to spend an eternity in heaven with you. God, I pray, Lord, that sometime before they leave the property that they would find one of us and allow us to take the Bible and show them how they can be saved and how they can know without a shadow of a doubt they could have a home in heaven forever. God, we do rejoice and we thank you, Lord, for moving the way you have. Lord, we ask that you be with us in the remainder of the service, Lord, as we getting ready to baptize many who have already followed in that first step of obedience, getting ready to be baptized. And it's wonderful, Lord, that the baptism waters are being stirred once again. God, I pray, Lord, that you just continue to have your will and your way in the remainder of the service. Be with our preacher. Be with these people. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, we pray all these things. Amen. Well, this is Miss Angel Caldwell, and uh, <laughs> I don't know that I've ever seen a public profession like this one right here, all right? The other night when she made her salvation public, she came running down the aisle, and I love that zeal, and I love that zeal. I hope she never loses it, and uh, what a beautiful thing. So, Angel, have you accepted Jesus as Savior? Yes, I have. Amen, I believe you have. In obedience to the command of our Lord, Master, and upon a public profession of your faith in him, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, bearing in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Amen. Amen, angel. <laughs> Amen.